Hi, welcome to another Throwbacks episode of the Gen X Replay podcast. As always, I'm Stephanie Watson and my friend Frankie Hagen is joining me to talk about a pop culture topic that heavily influenced us as Gen Xers. And while we center on that topic, we let the conversation flow to our broader Gen X experiences. We hope you enjoy this episode where we talk about Halloween when we were kids. Well, I think we're going to continue the the autumn theme. We we did our back to school, uh, which these days back to school means at the end of the summer, not necessarily in the fall, but uh, it's not yet fall weather when we're going back to school. But it is a fall theme because Halloween hits not long after school starts. So, well, for those on that old traditional schedule that yeah. we used to be on that that old nine month schedule. Uh, so let's talk about Halloween from when we were kids. Like as Gen Xers, we had things that were pretty common uh, in our time. And, you know, things that, that some of it is still around today, but some of it is not quite, you just don't see it around much anymore. Uh, everything's gone so commercial now. Uh, or the or people have tried to turn Halloween as an entirety into one big uh, commercial entity. Uh, whereas I, I feel like in our time there were a lot of like small commercial things happening around Halloween, but there were it wasn't like just one big franchise or anything that was taking over Halloween and, and doing all the Halloween. <laughs> Mm. so so i don't i don't know like the earliest memory you have of halloween what what would you say would be the earliest my mother was a sunday school teacher mm-hmm. who did a lot of youth group parties yeah yeah and i distinctly remember you know being maybe five maybe like right in that age bracket and she was teaching a lot of the teenagers yeah yeah at that time and us having a halloween party for them mm-hmm. at our house in Cary. oh neat you know and oh, i was cool. yeah, i was aware of certain aspects of how Halloween work for sure. But mm. I just distinctly remember one of my cousins was being dressed as a pumpkin in a pumpkin <laughs> costume for the party. And to make the pumpkin fill out, they we were they, they were taking newspaper and wadding it up into balls and like stuffing it inside her pumpkin costume to kind of mm-hmm. like poof it out. Right. And I was a little five-year-old who was wadding up newspaper and helping <laughs> Stuff this pumpkin, huh? Stuff the pumpkin costume. <laughs> and so I, I just distinctly remember that. And uh, it, was a, it was a costume I think my mother had made. And someone oh. hadn't, been able to, uh, hadn't been able to go home and change into the costume they were going to be wearing officially for Halloween. Oh. So it was one of those things where she was dressing somebody on the fly for the party. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just funny. It's like whenever I think back that far to Halloween, that, mm-hmm. that memory, because I can clearly see the family uh, 
den and the couch mm-hmm. that we had at that time and the pillows, you know, and this this enormous orange pumpkin costume. Yeah. It's crazy. I've had massive positive experiences with Halloween as a kid. So I That's felt good. I felt so fortunate to have had certain storybook esque Halloween experiences when I was younger. <laughs> and you know, maybe not as much when I was older. And Mm-hmm. trick-or-treating at a time when parents weren't hyper frightened of things happening to their children yes yes and just remembering uh the neighborhoods and just like mobs of children just mm-hmm. sitting on neighborhoods yes going from place to place and and getting your candy i remember i remember one year in particular one of my neighbors who mm-hmm. kind of like the neighborhood chubby kid mm-hmm. and what he did was he made the full round of the subdivision <laughs> went home changed into his costume from the previous year oh no went back out and did it again just wow. so he could get that extra level of candy oh goodness it's like wow he, i know right <laughs> <laughs> the gumption that anyone would attempt that like still like floors me to this day i i wonder oh. i wonder if he's got diabetes it's, it's... <laughs> no i hope not i hope not oh gosh you know and and people are, are fortunate because it would be so easy for me to name names in these situations and i'm not going to do that <laughs> right because there's no telling who's listening to our podcast and <laughs> Oh, and I remember uh, even when we were doing trick or treat, like you, like uh, I know uh, my folks and some others would get like big bags of just wrapped candy. And like these days, you have to have these these sealed candies to protect kids against potential tampering or or whatever. You know, if it's nice and sealed up then it's probably safe right um but back then mm-hmm. like you could get fruit roll-ups in your <laughs> in your candy little wrapped uh versions of it without you know without necessarily it being tightly sealed up and it, it just wasn't a big deal back then to have it all sealed up oh, i yeah. mean you would hear that occasional somebody's tampered with candy story but I don't, I don't think that was just a, a very big scare until we were, we were a bit older. I mean, nowadays you hear about children trick-or-treating at the mall and in mm-hmm. these very like controlled environments with stores or, oh, yeah. or other businesses. And I was like, no, no, we did it hardcore. We were out. <laughs> you know, but- yeah. Our company does it like, uh, well, not in COVID certainly, but <laughs> when, when, when the company has people in the building. Uh, now, something that happened within Gen X that I suppose mm-hmm. still exists to some extent, but it had its heyday with us, mm-hmm. was a type of generic Halloween costume <laughs> could be purchased for whatever pop culture thing was happening at the right. time. Where mm-hmm. it was like a plastic face mask <laughs> it had no. like a little hole where the mouth was so you would breathe uh-huh. and like 
and there would be pinholes in like the eye socket things so you could see and basically like a rubber band cord you would strap the face mask on directly to your face for whatever <laughs> character it was and then there would be this cheap plastic costume thing that you would pull over yourself like uh like a smock, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. essentially wearing a garbage bag that had a pattern drawn on it for you. <laughs> yeah. Of whatever the, the costume little box was. costumes. Yes. Yes. Like that you would wear that had like the little arm sleeves and it was fantastically easy to tear these things. Oh yeah. It was oh, yeah. so easy to mess them up, but you would, you would get that and that would be the easy do it type of costume. It's like, okay. oh, yeah, like Star Wars, snap on this Darth Vader mask, and here's this like black uh, garbage bag, weird looking <laughs> thing, and you know, and you know, and, and tie a black bath towel on, and then you, you go to town. So there was a period yeah. where that was very much a thing, uh, in particular yeah. kids, where you maybe didn't see people do as many of the uh, elaborate or creative or, or put it together costumes particularly for the for the youngers but yeah i will say my mother was one of those people who excelled at times in helping someone put a costume together because she took great pleasure in it and when i was in high school she did the same thing when i would be in certain plays she would always help me put together what i was wearing for the play but mm. but like certain years you know stand out as banner years in ways that I'm constantly disappointed. I don't have more photographic evidence of it. Oh, interesting. I need yeah. to go look, because there's certain ones that my friends would lose their mind over seeing. And, mm -hmm. and like one year, and I don't think I was a teenager yet. I think maybe if I was, I wasn't very far into being a teenager. Maybe I'd be 13 or 14. I think I was a lot younger. Mm -hmm. um, my mother, and uh, she decided that me and my brother should go as Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we got like the enormous bra for me. Uh -huh. Stuffed it out. And I was in like a, a lady's jumper and we had like the blonde wig teased up and, and everything. And like, they did like a fake beard for my brother to be Kenny Rogers. And, and like, like we walked into the Halloween party we were walking walking into and I brought the house down <laughs> I mean it was just that's great <laughs> to see me basically in full-on uh, drag pulling that off at a, this child like making that happen so it was yes you know that wow. year and then um and then for the fantasy nerds I uh I was a huge fan of the Dragonlance novels Oh, yeah, yeah. In the late 80s. And uh, for one of the Halloween parties I went to one year, I wanted to be uh, the magician Raceland or Raslin, depending on, you know, <laughs> where you, where you pronounce, how you pronounce it. But, uh, but we worked out the full costume, the black robe. We spray painted a staff. We had the whole nice. thing together. And it was a good looking costume. I, I, was, I was very proud of it. And I don't have very much documentation of it. But it's, it's, it's funny, like, you know, outside of just the very standard fair kind of stuff that you do on certain years or 
Mm -hmm. easygoing kind of things that you do as you get older. But those are the ones that probably, you know, in my mind stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, I like to say I have early memories of costumes, but honestly, the memories are, well, it was the pictures, you know, my mom would take pictures every year of whatever it was me and my brother were wearing. Yeah. Um, and the memories I have aren't of actually which costumes I wore, but of this process of going to the store and picking out which box costume I was going to wear because we were the box costume family for, for quite a while. Um, my mom was uh an amazing uh seamstress of you know hobby wise i like she had incredible talent uh with sewing and creating but um it wasn't something she did you know for halloween it was something she would do for other types of occasions so for halloween we were just kind of picking our own little costumes from the boxes um but the the distinct memory is of that mask on the face and you're breathing in this mask yeah and it it get gets wet up under there cuz of the condensation that's right <laughs> and of course you have to wear clothes under the plastic the, the smock thing uh, i like that you said smock that's probably the closest i could think jumpsuit thing tie behind the neck so I, I remember the smells of the plastic and the, uh but i the only one i can remember a picture of was cinderella i had a cinderella one <laughs> one year so i don't know well as i got older i just it, there was an interest in it and um those church events like you're talking about uh we had those uh but they were hosted like in the fellowship hall of the church like there would be like um events similar to what you would associate with fall and halloween but they wouldn't call it halloween you know and there wouldn't be costumes involved there you know so you would have like dunking for apples but you know it, it, it wasn't more fall festival and then try to remove all the things yeah. that they worried were, were pagan or yeah bordering on witchcraft or satanism or who knows what you know? mm -hmm. and yeah. hay rides did you ever do a hay ride oh yeah oh yeah in yeah. middle school and in my first part of high school i was living in charleston one of the schools put on an event every year called the hoopty doo review oh neat and it was uh it was like a a country Halloween fall festival thing that you mm -hmm. would go out and uh, this, this, this uh, Halloween festival carnival and, you know, they would have the hayride and you'd go through the haunted stuff and the haunted forest and they would have events with tickets that you would do. And there would be like yeah. a patch and all those things that you associate with those kind of events. Mm -hmm. One thing that made this one stand apart is there was a huge greased, pole in mm. the center area that they would put a hundred dollar bill on top of and people could pay to climb to try to climb to the top of the greased pole 
and get the hundred dollar bill. Wow. <laughs> and it was close to like the beverage and the beer table. So if you had nothing better to do, you could just get a beverage and sit there and watch idiots climb the pole and fall off of it and oh all kinds God. of things like that. So it was oh. good entertainment. I missed that carnival. That was a great carnival. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a few years we went every year like clockwork. I think the first time I danced the Macarena in public was at one of those carnivals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, my uh, the um, K through eight school that I attended uh, right up through eighth grade would put on a, a little something like that. And it was usually most of the events would be inside the gym because we would never know what the weather's going to be. So we just plan to do it in the gym. And um, one of the um, locker room areas of the gym would be the haunted house. Uh, and it would be eighth graders putting on the haunted house every year. And I was part of the crew that was putting on the haunted house <laughs> one year. I, I was someone who was stabbing uh, someone else who was lying on a table. I, <laughs> that was my role in the haunted house. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to, um, haunted houses were uh we're coming into being you know probably long before us Mm. uh and i remember you know there was an older house in our small town that uh one of the community organizations in the area a nonprofit organization would have a haunted house in that house every year um it had fallen into disrepair so it was kind of like a good candidate for a haunted house Oh, sure. Which is interesting now because that same house was completely renovated and is now this gorgeous piece of property in the middle of town. So as a real estate agent, I'm sure you know you uh, know the value of turning something around like that. And, and What's like, funny is there's a, at least one occasion <laughs> where I'm pretty sure I showed a haunted house, but oh, wow. you don't get to... You don't get to talk about stuff like that because from a <laughs> disclosure standpoint, not from, yeah. not from any salesy reason, right. but if I were to make declarations along those lines, the mm-hmm. people selling the house could sue me, you know? Oh, or, gotcha. You know, because it's like you're <laughs> basically putting it out there as something that could hurt their ability to sell the property. So. Oh, goodness. Wow. So you keep your mouth wow. shut and you, <laughs> you do your job. Good advice. <laughs> How it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, did you have haunted houses in the area? Um, yeah. Like, uh, the one I remember the most, honestly, they, there was one that was part of the NC State Fair when I was a kid that you mm-hmm. could go through, and the guy would chase you out at the end with a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. I remember that one very distinctly because one year my brother and I practically body surfed down the stairs out of the haunted house. Oh gosh. Like running from the guy with the chainsaw and my father, I I can still remember him just standing there with one of his friends, just dying laughing, watching the two of us (laughs) come out of there. And one of our, our friends, 
so that like it's funny it's just like that specific image like jumps right back in the front of my head but yeah there's there's other ones that i've seen or or been to that have been set up over the years but yeah yeah it seems like it's become more of a commercial thing whenever i hear haunted houses promoted these days it's not one of those you know the community organizations putting on a haunted house it's oftentimes some commercial entity has put together this, you know, master crafted haunted house experience or something. <laughs> well, you know, I remember many years as a child, uh, Halloween being fun, but yeah. never really being scary per se for me. Yeah. Yeah. One year that I remember it was scary for me. Mm. I remember my family living in an apartment complex at the time. We were in between, uh, like, uh, what was going to be the next house we were living in. My dad mm. being older, and so we were we were waiting for that. And I remember we had gone and trick or treated, and then we had been out and about the town that night. And uh, I think it was one of those things where you weren't getting a lot of trick or treating that year because it had rained really badly. Mm -hmm. So families were doing a lot of other things. And so we got home and WRAL radio, uh, was it WPTF maybe? WPTF, it was probably WPTF, uh, Mm -hmm. which was the big AM station back in Raleigh Cary area back in the day. And they had a professional uh, local ghost story person on that night. And I just, and I remember it. So he was telling stories that were very much based within the local North Carolina area. And it's like the equivalent today would be listening to a really good podcast or something that like creeps you out on the way home. Mm -hmm. But I just remember as a kid sitting there and listening to that and then going up to my bunk bed and just the shivers (laughs) running down me for the rest of the night. Because this this wasn't like slasher or gore or mm-hmm. like that. This was just effective, scary, you know, like just very <laughs> effective, scary for a little kid. And wow. So, so that one still stands out in my memory. Yeah. I mean, I was not much into horror films. Um, so that, that was never something that I just like, you know, wanted to watch on tv they they were around but i'm just mm-hmm. like no no i'm not interested i guess when i sit down to watch a movie or television that's not kind of what i have in mind as the thing that i want to do when i'm watching tv is to be like nervous and scared so well uh you yeah. know elementary school going into middle school you know mm-hmm. like i eventually saw other horror movies and things yeah. i probably shouldn't have seen it my like i think like the first time you see the shining or something and it ruins you yeah yeah but my experience was more part of that they used to have this thing in our generation mm-hmm. on uh, on saturdays or sundays where it would be like the sunday afternoon matinee the saturday afternoon matinee where they yeah. would run different series of movies from the 60s or 70s on local television mm-hmm. and so if you were a geek that was how at some point in time you got to see all the godzilla movies that was how you got to see all the planet of the apes movies eventually they would run all of the old martin and lewis comedies you get to see all of those run through a cycle <laughs> just depending on which one of those uh little programs you you crashed in front of to watch and a lot of times 
they would do all of the classic movie monster films at some mm-hmm. point. So you would get a chance to see The Creature from the Black Lagoon, the original mm-hmm. Wolfman, the original Frankenstein, you know. Blob. The Blob. Oh, yeah, The Blob. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would get to see that whole, like, set of films that would come through mm-hmm. it. And, you know, and so you would kind of get the feel for those original characters and all those guys like Lon Chaney and Boris Karloff and, you know, uh, Ted Koppel. Yeah. Ted Koppel tells a great story that during that time frame when he was an intern for uh, a local television station, they mm-hmm. were having, uh, I want to say it was Boris Koloff and Lon, Lon Chaney in for a, a Halloween festival thing. Mm. And he had to pick the two of them up from the airport. Oh, boy. And, and drive them, you know, to their location. And what happened, like, he was in his little car and, and like, halfway there, his car broke down. Oh, no. You know, so he had these two, like, icons of, you know, horror cinema sitting in the backseat of his car. And he's frantically, like, under the hood trying to fix his car so he can take them to their hotel. Mm-hmm. Two of them are messing with him where they're like, he seems like such a nice boy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Doing their voices and things <laughs> like that. Oh, that's good. Just, uh, just messing with him, you know? Uh, that's so- really good. That's got to be fantastic. But yeah, so those things are what I what we experienced. But, you know, even though by today's standard, those aren't really very scary movies, you know? No, no. You know, back then, like seeing the makeup for the first time and all that would have been something. But even as a kid watching them, it wasn't like they were that scary. But it was, right. it was, it was kind of things that, you know, spurred the imagination. So I would say we experienced a lot of that. And, you know, like we would have our little face mask costumes. And I, I remember being out with my family for dinner one night on Halloween and seeing groups of people, you know, because uh, one of the funny things growing up in like the RTP area is mm-hmm. you had a lot of these smart college guys and scientist types who, when they did a Halloween costume, man, they really did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember being at a McDonald's and a guy in a Frankenstein costume that was so impressive. Wow. That he had paper mache up the head, so he had like the flat head, and he <laughs> had the bolts. He had the bolts in his neck. Uh huh. You know, like he really had created the whole look. Neat. It was phenomenal, and he was in like the platform shoes that made him look kind of clunky and taller. Yeah, yeah. And I was just so impressed as a child, like staring at it, like, "Wow, look at that!" Wow. That someone took the time and effort to put that together. <laughs> you know. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't have I I have memories of various things after I got to college of people putting a lot of effort into costumes, particularly if there was a costume party going on, which in college was just another excuse to get together and drink alcohol. But you know sure. that's the way it was. Uh, but. Um, I didn't have a lot of extra resources to put into that kind of thing. So usually I would go in like a witch hat or, (laughs) you know, whatever. The good old Uh, black eyed pea costume that somebody. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the best result I ever got when you're DJing a a ballroom party, Mm. uh, I didn't want to put together a costume. And I knew I was going to be expected to. So I wore a suit and I got one of those enormous bows from a car dealership down the road from me. 
mm-hmm. they put on the new cars sometimes for people. I paid them. I said, like, hey, can I buy one of those huge bows off you guys? And they were like, yes. And so <laughs> I pinned it to my shirt and then added a gift tag from God to women. <laughs> nice. So you were God's gift to women. <laughs> I was God's gift to women. That's great. Oh, that's pretty good. So that was that was one of my le- least effort but best reward costumes that I ever put together. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have so few memories of the actual thing. I was a bit of a, a Halloween curmudgeon um, hmm. in my later teens and early 20s. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> so uh, I, I had a lot of hiding out and pretending Halloween didn't exist <laughs> for a few years. Uh, so I feel like I might have missed some some prime opportunities to enjoy Halloween uh, uh, during those years, but uh, well, I've kind of come back around to it. Yeah. It it has a lot to do with if you vicariously get to enjoy it through other people, or if you're mm-hmm. involved, I think, in certain types of activities. Because I can totally appreciate and understand, like my twenties unless it was like some party where I was excited about like meeting or hanging out with some girl, mm-hmm. uh, like it probably wasn't going to happen for me. <laughs> and then it was more, then it became as an adult, more a function of professional work. Oh yeah. Doing DJ work. There was a, mm-hmm. there's been a Ghostbusters jumpsuit that I've used over and over and over again. Whenever awesome. I have to go DJ a Halloween party for somebody. That's so good. And I'll slap on. In fact, one time I uh, was getting ready to DJ a Halloween party, but I had to go buy a house beforehand that mm-hmm. we're having a home inspection at for one of my buyers. Okay. So when my buyer showed up, I stepped out of the house, completely dressed as a ghostbuster, and, <laughs> and let him know that there was some low-level spectral manifestations in the crawl space, but nothing for him to be too worried about. That's great. That's great. Uh, after which you quickly said, I was just kidding. <laughs> uh, like, and he is, he's like, he says, you joke now, but if I see ghost inspection on my, on my closing <laughs> statement, I'm going to be really upset. You know, that you're trying to charge me for a ghost. Oh, goodness. That's great. <laughs> be, be careful crossing the streams when it comes to your uh, two professions in that area. <laughs> yeah. This is great stuff. Well, I mean, and the thing that came after us too, that really wasn't a part of being a Gen Xer for Halloween is the advent of every type of costume with the word sexy applied in front of it. Yes. Millennials, we're talking to you guys. That's all you. That's yeah. Well, it seems to be. Yeah. It's like you go to party city. That's, that's the costume aisle is like sexy blank. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, if it's a if it's a Gen Xer or a, or a, a younger end of the boomer, then it's usually a cougar at that point who's just trying to <laughs> just trying to rock one of those, you know. Three marriages in, and she's looking for number four, and you know, she's, oh, gonna, Lord. she's gonna pull off the sexy costume. But <laughs> not I, even, not but, even. When I would nope. do these college frat parties and sorority parties, it became a game. It's just to name all the different things that you would put sexy in front of that you would mm-hmm. make people wear that, you know, ah, oh, well. Yeah. And now in more ye- recent years, though, like um, 
So like, so I don't have kids, so I don't have, you know, I'm not living through the kids in that experience, but Mm -hmm. I got into going to fan conventions and doing costumes and cosplay. Cosplay. Yeah. So, so I, I'm able to reuse those, uh, during halloween uh when i need a costume which is nice it's like i already got one it's right in the closet over here as long as it still fits um uh but in uh since we moved to where we are uh it's a really cool neighborhood there's a lot of uh kids that go out to to still trick-or-treat yes trick-or-treat still a thing this is great it's awesome usually the parents are with the kids which is it's, it's kind of neat because uh, then you get to see uh, a family and make it, making it a family thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we dress up in our inflatable T-Rexes and hand out candy from home. That's so great. <laughs> and, and we've become known for that. So, uh, so people are, are expecting it. <laughs> They'll come back to our house the next year. Uh, and we've had um kids and families come take pictures with us uh in the t-rex costumes <laughs> it's, it's like a lot of have the jurassic park theme like on loop <laughs> i yeah i should i i have been putting like the pandora or, or a pandora like halloween music in the background but maybe sure. i should maybe i should have like a the jurassic park theme in the background I wanted to do something more elaborate this year, but with COVID, I'm not sure how much traffic we'll get with uh, with trick or treat. So I'm probably going to play it conservative, or or just kind of probably see what the neighborhood decides to do um, and what the city advises people to do. It's such a strange time. For yeah, it really is. All of that, but I. Uh... I think we were very fortunate to have the free range candy gathering uh, (laughs) childhoods that we had. Yes. You know, that we had that available to us. Yes. (laughs) You know, because as time has moved on less and less with every decade is that easy to do in a neighborhood where nowadays Mm -hmm. if if people want that experience, they have to figure out which neighborhoods will actually even be doing it. Right. that's exactly. more of a thing now. Like we have families figure out like, oh, this is the neighborhood with the nice houses or this is the neighborhood where this happens. So they'll be giving <laughs> up. That's become much, much more of the norm, I think. But yeah. That or getting people into, you know, like I said, like the party type situation, which is great, you know, in terms of uh, a controlled atmosphere for the kids mm-hmm. and, and having the games and the socialization and and all mm-hmm. that. because a lot of times it's one of those things that if you're not like enjoying it through children then it is the social experience of doing it with friends and laughing yeah. and being scared and and having <laughs> those kind of moments and getting all the fall stuff at the same time yeah but yeah you know those uh those plastic strap masks i uh <laughs> I can only remember having the ET one, you know, and I know there were others. I, wait, you know what? I think there was a C3PO one at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can C3. believe that. Yeah. I definitely uh. know there was an ET one. <laughs> uh, I want to say my brother did a Darth Vader. He did something Star Wars one year. 
and I can't remember if it was Darth Vader or a stormtrooper or something. Mm. And I don't, I don't remember most of mine. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a, it was one of those times where it was, you know, whatever, whatever was, was could get us the candy. I think the more important thing <laughs> was the candy. <laughs> one thing that kids still do today that we did in my day was if you had siblings you got mm-hmm. candy and then there was like negotiations for candy that you liked that the other one did not like Aww. you know where it's like you had your candy pile and like, uh-huh. like all right i will give you <laughs> this with that reese's cup oh <laughs> yeah no that didn't happen in ours it was like <laughs> oh no no like me and my brother it was like you would have thought it was, you know, an 80s power broker stock market movie. Because <laughs> it was, you know, like, I, I tended to favor a lot of the chocolate peanut butter things. And he liked mm. a lot of the sugar, sugar things. Oh. So, so there was a lot of given, given play back and forth for, for that sort of stuff. Yeah. I wanted everyone's Butterfingers. Give me all oh, the Butterfingers. Yeah. Butterfingers. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and lollipops were really big when uh, in our neighborhoods, too. So I ended up with a lot of lollipops. <laughs> that was, it's not quite as common these days that I've seen. No, uh, they're really. out there. It's all these like weird like ring sucker things and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's kind of become more than norm yeah i will say generation wise we had a lot of great halloween songs that came out in the gen x period the ghostbusters Mm. be around forever oh yeah yeah Yeah. i've always been a fan of somebody's watching me by rockwell (laughs) got yes jackson background on it Mm -hmm. you know uh and thriller of course asterisk of course scandal noted (laughs) <laughs> oh my god we well the, the part of our generation <laughs> that that's the, yeah like we were talking about with needing to have a whole separate episode on just on michael jackson yeah. and thriller <laughs> yeah that was uh yeah that was a, a a changing album for a lot of people that blew, yeah it really was the blue things away but yeah so it's the beginning of that and so many of the dance studios we know that do like a thriller uh Organize, organize dances every year mm-hmm. yeah so not going to do it this year but <laughs> <laughs> take groups of zombies out to 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 get it to to boogie to the night but uh, yep. <laughs> yeah yeah and um uh, these days there's like zombie walks and stuff uh walking dead area. And all that thing but yeah, it's really neat. i will I will add one last item that I think we need to discuss as part of Halloween Gen X. All right. The General Mills Monster Cereals. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Now, before, before I'm going to tell you, so like, Mm -hmm. so you people know, there, there are three that have survived. There is, of course, Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Chocula. Mm Mm-hmm. Supposedly, there were two others that failed. There was one called Yummy Mummy that was a banana mummy cereal that apparently was nasty. It did not not do very well. And then there was a werewolf one called Fruit Beast. 
<laughs> John Travolta is eating in Pulp Fiction. Really? And, yeah, when he's having cereal, it's a box of fruit uh-huh. because Quentin uh-huh. Tarantino is a whack job, you know, and had to have that in there. <laughs> that's but that's really cool. The classic three, the you know, of course, are Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Chocula, and. Mm-hmm. My daughters make fun of me because every year I do not feel that fall has begun until <laughs> walking through a grocery store or a Walgreens, I see the first box of Count Chocula. Yes. Which I then have to stop and buy. Now, I'm yep. really purely a Count Chocula guy. I, I'm, I've never been really much of a booberry or a Frankenberry person. How about you? Uh, I would say that Count Chocula would be my number one choice if I had to choose between the three. But I like all three. Um, uh, and I would certainly say that I enjoy all three. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If I'm walking in a store and I see the three, the first one I'm going to is Count Chocula. <laughs> it's like, give me, give me all the chocolate pieces and the chocolate marshmallows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a, a, a black guy who was probably just about my age the uh the grocery store several weeks back when mm-hmm. i saw the first box of count chocula and i originally <laughs> did my thing where i grabbed it and he did the same thing and we just uh-huh. looked at each other and i said this is our childhood and he goes oh i know <laughs> I, I know you know <laughs> yes kids today don't get it but that was like a big deal to us when those came out you know oh yeah because now they, they really only, I mean, you can order them year round, I think, but I think mm-hmm. stores really only release them for the most part in September and October. Oh, yeah. And it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they kind of inspired changes to other cereals, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you saw more, the, I think the popularity of Count Chocula as a seasonal um, thing influenced chocolate being in more cereals year round, I think, Uh, you know, we, we already had things like cocoa puffs year round. Um, But I, it seems like over the years uh, there have been more, uh, there have been changes to the other cereals and other cereal offerings that, that were very similar to those three. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could almost do an entire episode on Gen X cereals. Oh, yes. <laughs> Give me my cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I remember when that came out. Oh, my God. This, just love that. Love that cereal. And one, oh, of, the, okay. one of the sickest times I ever got was mm-hmm. uh, when I'd had the flu. I'd just eaten a lot of Smurfberry crunch, and it ruined <laughs> me. Oh, no. For that cereal, because mm. as I'm like, you know, deeply sick, I'm looking in the toilet, seeing that yeah. purple, the purple and the blue color from the cereal, uh, you know, yeah. and that, that's just totally, it's like what they say for cancer patients. It's like, you know, don't eat something you really like right before you have chemo or you'll never want to uh, eat it again. That's what right. they tell them, you know, like you'll, it'll ruin you for that food. <laughs> well, God, that's when I should be eating donuts right there. I don't never want donuts again. That's what they say. So, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I learned that, and I never ever had any of that cereal again. Not that you mm-hmm. see Smurfberry Crunch on the shelves anywhere. So. Right, right, right. 
Smurfs have kind of come and gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I was mostly around Halloween. I I guess you know right. I I don't know like we had the generic cereals in the house all the year round. So it would have been a, a special treat to say, Hey, let's get, you know, count chocula. So, yeah, of course. Um, so we might not have had it every year, <laughs> but yeah, occasionally we would. I, well, I think it's the same, but as an adult, it's been one of those things that when I see it, I like, I grab it instantly mm-hmm. every year is a little, as a little bit of an excitement for 10 year old me somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and, what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. And there wasn't a lot of just general Halloween merchandise. There were like little toys that you could get, uh, you know, in your normal toy stores or, or, you know, five and dime type stores or whatever. But now we have the phenomenon of spirit Halloween. <laughs> has <laughs> moved into every wow. old mall vacant mall store you know for halloween merchandise and well i always thought heavy wow. metal had a lot to do with that too and mm. you know kind of creating the the, the halloween lifestyle kind of ideal when we were children so much of what halloween was was based on these 50s and 60s monster ideas that's and, true and concepts like people dressing like cowboys and and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and we were getting the beginnings of commercialism with those little plastic costumes for whatever the current movies and cartoons were right right our generation was kind of the test market for going at that really hard mm-hmm. you know and it's developed into so much more and then since our generation came up really appreciating those kind of things stuff in a greater level of detail, complexity, and expense that goes back to our generation is now much more readily available because they know some dumb Gen X will buy it. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> we'll see it and we'll say, man, if I had had that when I was 12. We're the folks with the money now. They, they're yeah. going to make things that we're going to buy, right? Sure, I'm going to buy that $300 ET mask. Why not? <laughs> no. Can't put a price on my childhood, Peter Pan. Go uh, get him. You know, but so but that'll be true for millennials in a few years anyway. So it's, it's, it's just the same for us. So. Yeah, we had a lot of generic costumes that were yeah. not specific to commercial franchises when we were younger. You know, the cowboy, dressing up as the cowboy or... Dressing up as Superman, even though it's a franchise that's kind of generic, um, or uh, dressing up like like you were saying, like as a pumpkin or or as a, a mummy or a witch, you know. Um, so I, I saw a lot more generic costumes when I was younger than I do now. I don't see quite as much generic stuff. People are going they're, they're kind of like quaint. straight into a character right now. Yeah, they're they're very quaint now. When you see them, it's almost like, oh look, <laughs> yeah, he did Frankenstein. How adorable! I haven't seen that. <laughs> they're like, it's a mummy. <laughs> How cute. When I DJ Halloween parties, sometimes uh, what one of the activities we'll do for families is we'll have the mummy wrap game where 
everybody gets a bunch of rolls of toilet tissue and one member of your group, you wrap them up like a mummy. And then we line up all the mummies and we judge who's got the best mummy. Oh, nice. Maybe we do a prize. But then what I do is we get everybody over on a nice patch of grass and I tell all the teams that they're now getting ready to race their mummies. <laughs> and what's hysterical is you'll always see the, the, the terrified mummies going like, but, but I can't move. And I'll say something like, that's not my problem, mummy. <laughs> you know, and then I'll put on walk like an Egyptian or something like that. And I'll, you know, we'll have them start at a line and you'll see them jumping like a potato sack race, trying to get wherever it is that they're going. <laughs> And evidently one of them will fall sideways because he can't move. And it's just, uh, it's just so fantastic. That uh, sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I kind of want to do that sometime. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> well, I think we've really uh, touched on some of the best of, of Halloween from when we were kids. And uh, I can't really think of anything. And I, I think I've pretty much covered all the biggest memories I've had. Like anything else would just kind of fall under those same categories. I'm glad you threw in the, the cereals. I totally forgot to, to mention those. Wow. They're still around. I can't believe it. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but thanks. This has been a fun topic to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap on this topic. But we've got a lot in store. We've got a lot of stuff that we've been chatting about. Yes. Uh, and we're pretty excited to, to get to those topics again soon. So definitely... Uh, definitely subscribe so that you can um, you can get that alert when the next episodes come out thank you for tuning in to this throwbacks episode of the gen x replay podcast to follow frankie between shows look for him at dance frankie h on twitter as frankie hagan on facebook and at his dance instructor or real estate websites dancefrankie.com and frankiehagan.com to follow me between shows look for stephanie does vo on twitter and instagram and jacory on youtube and twitch i'll put this info and lots of other fun links in the description for this episode Subscribe here so you don't miss our next throwbacks and other fun podcast episodes. And help us boost the signal on this podcast by sharing it with friends. Currently, we host on Anchor.fm and aggregate to Apple, Google, and Spotify. Until next episode, be safe out there.